Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello and welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong and I will be your host today as we talk about Bible prophecy and we speak on the Word of God. Today, um, I wanted to talk about racism and its effects on, first of all, the church and second of all, society and most of all, um, your eternal um, destination. Now, what is racism? Now, it is compartmentizing or compartmentizing a specific race for being a certain way. Um, Like if I said to you, um, the African-American is strong, therefore we should place them in slavery. Or if I say white people are smart, smarter than black people and uh, they should run the country Um, now let's not get it mixed up with discrimination Uh, discrimination I'm going to read the the definition of discrimination discrimination is the uh, prejudicial or and or distinguishable treatment of an individual based on its based on uh, their actual or perceived membership in a certain group or uh, category. So, for instance, not letting a black man come into a restaurant because he's black is 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 uh, discrimination. Um, so, with that being said, what I wanted to talk about is how does God feel about racism. But for the most part, I want to, first of all, gauge racism. What is racism? Uh, as far as the Bible's concerned. And will racism ever go away? Now, we know that Jesus Christ came on the cross to die for me and your sins. The Word of God talks about in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, did it say, for God so loved the black man or the white man or the Puerto Rican or the Chinese or the Indian? It says, for God so loved the world. That is the human race. Now, since the foundation of the world, God knew. God knows everything. But God does everything to his uh, sovereignty. He knows everything. He's in he's in control of everything. <coughs> now, the Bible talks about division. Um, it says in Mark three twenty five, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Racism is passive hate. That's in a nutshell. To simplify for the radio program, hate is uh, um, racism is a form of hate. I hate you because you smoke is a form of hate. Smoke you don't like smokers. I hate you because you're you drive a uh, Ford. I hate you because you just cut in traffic. I hate you because you smell. I hate you because you're rich. I hate you because you're you're a football player, and football players got big big heads. <clears throat> hate is the overall problem. I just hate you because you're black or white or Puerto Rican. Now, in my race, I used to hear black people talk about the white man. It's the white man's fault. The white man ain't going to let it be a black president. About 30 years ago, this individual told me that the white man did this, the white man did that. Well, it's not the white man you think. Well, sometimes they would say the man. And they were right on that. It is the man who wants white people killed as dead as quick as he wants black people dead. Or else they wouldn't put all aspartame in your food, and they would not start wars for no reason but to line their pockets. Hatred is what God told us exactly not to do. He says to love our neighbors. It says um, in Matthew 5, 43-48, I'm going to read the whole thing. Ye have heard that it hath been said that thou should love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and prosecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the pelicans the same? And if ye salute the brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the pelicans so? But ye therefore, um, excuse me, be ye therefore perfect, even as their Father which is in heaven is perfect. So, hatred 
among your enemy. Uh, it's not good. And if you divide by disliking someone for their race, then you're dividing. And especially if you say, I'm a Christian, I am a Christian, but the white man did this, or I am a Christian, the black man did that. That black man, Barack Obama in office, he's messing up everything, which he is, but that's beside the point. And I'm black. But anyway, um, and I, that's another show for itself. We need to pray for Barack Obama. Um, some of the things that go on in the White House is not what people, especially African American um, they it's not even close to what they believe or what we believe. I mean, we are the people who investigate it, so I think it's a lot more corrupt than we think it is. Uh, so God wants us to love our neighbors. So um, because first of all, especially in the church, that's why I love to see churches with different races and different colors. I love it. I love to see churches with every single race you can think of. Now, I ain't talking about mega churches. I'm talking about a nice-sized church that um, that God uses to bring people to himself. Now, who is the true enemy of the human race? It's Satan. Um, so the Word of God says, Seek not. Um, let me read it. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Uh, let me see. It says, uh, and this is in Matthew 6 and 19 through 21. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, the reason why I read that is because what is our focus as Christians should be? Should it be to hate another race? Because Jesus said that if we have uh, something against our brother without a cause, then we can be in danger of hellfire. And racism, believe it or not, is actually not a cause. We don't have any right to hate someone. Now, like I said earlier, racism is more just as much as in the African-American community than it is in any other community. I think it's more passive hate. Now, it can be stereotyping and, and, and discrimina discrimination, but in all, in my race, I've heard more black people say this is the white man's fault than more white people say it's the black man's fault. Now, there is secret societies, which all, most of y'all listening to the show, listening to any other show, probably laugh at us, because they're still showing History Channel sh um, uh, documentaries that there were one gunman on the grassy knoll, or not even on the grassy knoll, in the building, in the depository building. 
And, you know, that's Lee Harvey Oswald, and they still believe that that was only one gunman. But a lot of Americans aren't stupid, and I'm not calling the people who believe in one gunman stupid, but wake up and smell the coffee if you must. But um, we uh, need to open our eyes that, and I'm talking to African Americans who whoever listened to this show, and blame white folks or Chinese folks or Korean folks, and then I need to, and I'm talking to white folks who blame black folks and Chinese and and, and this um, race that it's a matter of hate rather than a matter of racism or I hate you because hate you get that burning sensation. Now, you know what? Even people who who are mad at their sister, mad at their coworker, mad at their pastor, mad and they're bitter. Bitter, if you're not careful, is hate. You say, I never heard that before. Well, when you sit there and I call it eating yourself in the spiritual. <laughs> when when you're burning mad at somebody and it actually feels good. Have you ever have you ever noticed that when you're burning mad and and you sort of kind of holding things in, and you kind of talking to yourself, how dare they do this to me? And it kind of feels good. I mean, it's kind of a twisted lust. Hatred is a twisted lust. Now, there are different forms of lust that goes with it. You can be totally angry. You can be, you can be just, like I say, bitter. You can be um, instantly angry. Um, or you can, um, you know, you know, you just don't want to go around the person. There's different types of hates. You know, you can get along with the person and actually can't stand them at the same time. You know, that's really twisted. I call it the honeymooners relationship. You ever seen a movie honeymooners when they always get fussing at each other the whole entire show? Or or that's so Raymond. Everybody hates Raymond. Oh, whatever that that's so Raymond. I think it's called. I get it mixed up with everybody hates Chris. But um, but see, God wants us to repent. The first thing Jesus said is repent. And we're gonna have a show on easy believism and and grace, um, greasy grace. Where God loves you so much, he's willing to tolerate anything you do. Even the world knows that you shouldn't be doing certain things as a Christian. Now, I'm not talking about those who are having problems when you should go to the Word of God in, with, in prayer and read your Word and, and, and ask for God for answers instead of asking somebody down the street or somebody that's your age who probably going to be an itching ear person who give you what you want to hear. Somebody needs to come up to somebody and say, hey, man, you hate this. You, you, you have too much animosity. You have too much bitterness in your heart. You need to repent. That's the first thing John the Baptist says. The first thing Jesus said, it was to repent. And when, G- when Jesus says, it says, be also ready for that hour that you think not the Son of Man is coming. Why did he say that? First of all, he's coming for a church without spot or blemish. Now, if you're practicing hate, you're probably going to be left behind. 
You said now some preachers gonna say, Well he's everybody's going. I don't believe that. He would not tell somebody to be ready if everybody else was going. In the Bible the scriptures plainly say, Why do you call me Lord Lord and don't do what I tell you to do? Those are people who who are ignoring what Jesus actually said in the Bible. They hear it once in a while, but they don't they don't um obey it. They're church tenders. And that scares me to death. We have to test our faith, make sure we're in the faith. Make sure we obey in Christ. Make sure we, we're saved. You say we're not saved by works. That's not works, that's obeying. If he's the king, and would y'all agree that he's king? When you agree that the word of God should be obeyed, well, it depends on what you mean by obeyed. If I, if I read the scriptures and sing a couple of songs that's based off the scriptures, you know, sweet, sweet low, by and by, I'm going to that house up in the sky. Yeah, I, I, I kept the commandments. Really? Okay. So you say you kept the commandments. Nobody's kept the commandments, but you can practice commandments. It says, it says in First uh, John, it talks about he who practices righteousness of God, he who practices unrighteousness of the devil. And then you say, well, you're being legalistic. I can hate my brother. I can hate the black man down the street. I'm fine. I can watch porno. And I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making anybody feel bad. But that's part of the being saved. That's part of losing weight. It's part of getting healthy. It's part of quit smoking. You might feel bad doing it. You, we're going to get to what it said in the book of Acts. We're going to get to heaven with many agonies, many trials and tribulations. So God is for us, and he has power to save. He has power to break bondages, including hatred, hatred bondages, including racism. Jesus is here to save us from our sins. Yes, he saved us for heaven, but the chief aim is for him to come here and give us a life and that more abundantly. He came to give us freedom from the from sin. Well, I think it's John three, um, or three uh, John eight thirty. I think it is. Through the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And that is so true. Um, the Bible talks about being set free, and it says in the last days men will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. What is the power that he's talking about? What is the power? That that the Bible is talking about is it? Could it be the power to set us free from sins that easily beset us, that easily make us fall, that easily make it slow down, that easily make us you know start to veer off and go in another direction? But God is for you. He's here to take you back on the course, even if you're one of the ninety-nine, uh, uh, one of the ones. And not the 99 who went off on, on your own. God is calling you back, brother and sister, to himself. God wants you to, to come back to him and be saved. And I, I, I'm, and I know people out there saying, well, you're legalistic because 
you we don't have to do anything to be saved. Well, initially, no. Initially, no. You don't have to do anything to be saved initially. But see, when the Spirit of God comes inside of you, then God works inside of you, and you become God's workmanship. You become God's child, and you want the same wishes that God wants. You want the same will that God wants. And uh, you obey God because he is God. He's the Lord and he's God, he's Lord and Savior. And uh, grace does not allow you to go around hating your your neighbor or hating someone that you know at work because they're black or white or Puerto Rican or Mexican or Chinese or whatever. It doesn't allow you to say the white man's fault. Now, if you want to talk to me, I'll tell you there is a secret society probably made up of a lot of white men, but that's not the majority of white men. They want them white men killed. If you go down to the Georgia Capstones, you'll notice that they want only to sustain 500 million people. And that's that's probably coming really quickly. I have somebody on my uh, Facebook, uh, Prophecies on Facebook, who says it's not important that we know for sure Jesus Christ is coming back. So I wrote him a letter, and I, I mean, I wrote him a, a thing on a comment on his, his and eventually I'm going to boot him. You say, well, that's mean. Well, eventually I am. He's telling people that uh, we don't know for sure we're in the end times. That's not what the problem. That's not what we're here for. That's not what that group is here for. Now you can go take that somewhere else. I didn't tell him I was going to boot him, but eventually I will. That I mean, it's I'm trying to warn people, motivate people, and he's doing the very opposite of what we're doing. And I told him that. And see, that's why people are not going to get ready because of people like that. People are going to harbor hate. People are going to harbor uh, selfishness. People are going to harbor uh, lust and sexual lust and covetous lust and all these things that, well, I want a new house. I want this. I want that. You know, I'm I'm American. I'm an American. I want everything I can get. The American dream. You know when people are going to go to hell for the American dream? I don't mind the American dream. That's not my point. I'm just saying, you know how many people are going to go to hell trying to get the American dream? What did he say in the verses that I wrote before, I just read? It says, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasures is, there will your heart be also. The American dream, folks. The American dream is leaving us, and that's a show by itself. But we must think a house divided against itself shall not stand. Houses are being ravaged by divorce. Schools are being torn up by crime. No prayer in the schools. States are starting to give homosexuals the right to get married, which is, I say this, if you want, if you, if you, if you, if that's what you want to do, do it. Am I condoning it? No. Am I approving of it? No. I say, if that's what you want to do, do it. All the warnings that Christians are giving you, all the warnings that even medical, your own medical people are giving you, 
Well, we like to practice safe sex. Well, get a wife. Get a husband. You want even you can actually do the whole thing. You can do it, and, and everything's lawful in the bedroom. I hate to sound so un. You know, I, I'm coming to you in love. I'm saying to you that we need to repent and get ready for Christ's return. He is coming soon. We don't have the time to be racist. We don't have the time to dislike somebody. We don't have the time, not even a family member. We don't have the time to have passive hate. You have to be careful. Be careful. If a brother thinks he stands, let him check himself just in case he's far. If you go to church and you can't stand Sister Betty, Sister Betty or Brother or Deacon Kennard, you better get your act together. You better get you better get yourself together. Time is short, folks. And on the next show, since I can hopefully I can do one tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the the blood moons and the warnings that God has given us. Now, are we 100 percent sure? Not on this one, but I will say this. I said it, and I'll say it again. I said that in the springtime there would be a war. There would be a peace agreement. There would be a pause. And then three or four months later, boom, boom, the Antichrist is revealed. I don't know what year it is. It could be this next year coming up. It could be 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. 20, but it's coming. And I believe in the funnel effect. It's like it's like birth pains, but it's a funnel. Things come go into the funnel with a tiny end and come out with a bigger end. Or you can go in reverse, go through the big end and come out through the small end, especially when you put an oil into a vehicle. As you get to the tip, the oil hits the where his destination and it goes in. So I believe that. Bible prophecy says that they should holler peace and safety. I believe that the, the Antichrist will actually confirm a covenant that happened in the spring or already been working on for years, but uh, in the climax in the spring, a war, and, I mean, um, somebody like Obama, somebody will form a peace deal with France and Germany. And... Um, a little bit later, in the fall, Russia will invade. I don't believe that the Ezekiel 38 and 39 is a post-trip or mid-trip event. I think it's a pre-trip. It's before the rapture of the church. See, y'all running out of wars to work with in the tribulation period. I don't even think it actually describes a specific war, but Armageddon. Because I believe that... Uh, the Bible teaches that in Isaiah 17, Damascus is taken out and the nations rush in like a mighty wind. Now, what nations could that be but Ezekiel 38 and 39? And this is all prior to the tribulation period. That's my belief. Do I expect somebody to believe what I believe? Well, you believe what you want to believe. This is not going to be based off your salvation, but I do tell you this. Your conduct is based off your salvation. If you practice unrighteousness, you will be going to hell. Now, what about somebody who's struggling? I believe based off of the struggle, if you go to Christ 
and lean into Christ, he will help you. Now, I don't know about the struggle during the, during the period of the struggle. Will we go to heaven? Maybe. But I wouldn't bet on it. So ask God to free you indeed. He will do it, my friend. Jesus will free you from the bondages of sin. But I, I was uh, happy to come on today because I haven't been on for a while. But um, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be on today. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to do a show as much as I can. And uh, that, you know, I'll be on tomorrow, hopefully. <laughs> But um, God bless everybody out there. I'm trying to find my um, uh, exit song, and I can't. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so God bless everybody out there. Be soon to tune in. We're going to try to do our shows as frequently as possible. But God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. God bless.